The holiday special, based off a Gene Autry song, where a mopey animal with a physical abnormality is tormented by his peers until the very thing they mock him for helps him perform heroic deeds. Then, he's accepted unconditionally. No, not that one, the other one. On this episode of... WatchBots. Everyone, welcome to another special edition of Watchbots. This is your holiday MC, Ben. I'm dressed. I'm dressed. I'm joined by Shailen, who's dressed like Rocky Balboa today. Hello. Ready to run up those stairs? I really love training montages. I just want to embrace them. That's great. Rocky took place during the winter. And by Holidave. <laughs> Uh, Rocky is a Christmas movie. It's my hot take. Mm -hmm. It's that. It's Batman Returns. Yes, Die Hard. No, that's my definitive take on the subject. Got an update for you guys. Um, Okay. You know, last episode we ended singing a lot of a lot of Christmas songs. One of them being Bruce Springsteen's famous Christmas song, um, where he he asks asks the band if they know what 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 day it is. Yeah. What time it is. What season it is. Yeah. I blew up my voice. Blew my voice doing a Bruce Springsteen impression. Haven't gotten it back yet. <laughs> you got to you gotta train up. Yeah. When people are asking, hey, what happened to your voice? Do you have laryngitis or <laughs> did you get tested for COVID? It's like, no, no, no. It's okay. I just blew up my voice doing a, <laughs> an impression of Bruce Springsteen. It's it's okay. And I haven't gotten it back yet. That was two weeks ago. It's the still... wor- worthiest reason of all, though, to lose your voice, right? <laughs> Is heroic the right word? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever blown out your voice, <laughs> do it an impression of the boss, then you've seen me. You've seen me. You've seen me. Speak of Springsteen, at about one in the morning last night, I started reading Bruce Springsteen's 2016 memoir. It's pretty weird. <laughs> Yeah, is it good? It's written the way that he talks. So you could picture him like in tight jeans with a mic, just like, man, growing up at Jersey. When you grow up up near Asbury Park, man, oh, I tell you, you got to put that chicken wing down. You got to open this book. My mother gave me undying love and my grandmother gave me the terrible stuff it's uh it's good i'm i'm probably gonna keep going with it honestly you were born to read (laughs) (laughs) speaking of holiday songs i went down a bit of a rabbit hole and shailen did as well recently and i want (laughs) to get into it with uh with you dave and with the listeners sure so you ever have one of those times where you can think of a song like you can think of the melody but you can't find enough of the song to get it on google or shazam you know you're like yes. i can picture part of this i can't sing it into shazam because i don't really know the words and like what are you going to look up in google so i had this a couple weeks ago and all i could remember about the song was 
sounded mildly like a British invasion band. So in the 60s, and it had a very like rat-a-tat-tat drum beat. And Shailen and I went back and forth about this for hours. We were texting people. We were Googling every permutation. And what Shailen eventually remembered several hours later is that it was the band, or it was the song Snoopy Saves Christmas. So oh, the, the Royal Guardsman? I think. Yes, yeah. it's, so it's the Royal Guardsman. So, you know, it's like Christmas bells, oh Christmas, Christmas bells, bells, ringing through the year. Exactly. So a real hoot of a song. As it turns out, the Royal Guardsmen from Ocala, Florida, <laughs> they were just capitalizing on uh, the Beatles and all that stuff. Oh, I had no idea. I thought they were from, from the UK. As did I. Yeah, they sound also Beach Boys-y. A little bit, But yeah. like... So the, Somehow not as good. The learning I also, experience. I also maybe assumed they were German too. I don't know why. Like it was something European. They, they did time. not. Yeah, they did not Very sound efficient. American. So the learning experience continued because, as it turns out, they had written many Snoopy songs, and initially they didn't get permission from the Peanuts people. Charles Schultz, the Peanuts guy, eventually he signed off. But then the Royal Guardsman story is an amazing tale because they. Broke up for a while because they didn't want to be pigeonholed as the Snoopy band. But then they got back together and just played more Snoopy songs. And they remained active. And I guess they still remain active. But what I discovered when looking through the Royal Guardsman's discography on Spotify is that they put out a little single in 2006. Ooh. For context, when was that Christmas song the 60s at some point so we're talking like 40 40 years later later, yeah not all the original members but some of them and wouldn't you know it they were still putting out snoopy songs in 2006 but instead of fighting the red baron they were fighting mm, i guess still an international villain but not the one that you might expect they they wrote a song that's awful (laughs) snoopy versus osama and it's about (laughs) Snoopy in the service, and he's going after Bin Laden. Uh, it might take me a minute to find the chorus here, but let's see if I can do it. Took over from the Taliban, terrorizing all they can. Now Snoopy's in the motor pool, but wants to fight. He wants to keep his friends all safe at night. Charlie drives a Bradley, and Snoopy makes a sing. Waiting for the orders just to... Osama bin Laden keeps running away. Snoopy's gonna find him one of these days. And when he does, and when he does you know we're all gonna sing. Goodbye, bin Laden, and the end of your terrorist ring. It, it goes on like that for about three more minutes. <laughs> now, this should have ended the way the Red Baron song ends, where like he looks at Red Baron, or he looks at Osama bin Laden, Osama bin Laden looks at him, and they both give each other the thumbs up and they're like it's christmas see you later we'll fight another day no this actually ends with snoopy yeah. getting bin laden <laughs> many years before seal team six actually did the deed they, apparently they snoopy do not did appropriately it in 2006 snoopy credit yeah. for what he did yeah it was so. zero dark 30 and snoopy went in and then he shot osama bin laden, laden yeah <laughs> we started with a christmas song and we ended with <laughs> snoopy getting osama so who knows where the holidays go you know it's it's a long and winding road it tracks uh, you know just it makes sense coming from coming from our country mm-hmm. good for us that it does and you know 
speaking of the long and winding road, it brings us to this happy holiday topic. And this week we're talking about Nestier or Nestor. Nestor. The long-eared Christmas donkey, a special which I had never seen in my time on this mortal coil and was richer for it. But Jalen. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> you know, come on. All right, so... Why? (laughs) We started our journey down Rankin and Bass, and it opened up the door, so I'd like to thank Dave for doing that. You can't put that shit back in the box once it's out. Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, was a forgotten childhood memory when I was in 10th grade. So I'm going to set the scene for you. I saw it when I was very little, thought it was weird as hell, Hated that the mom died, spoiler alert, and grew to just never want to see it ever again. And it worked out for me because it was never on TV for many, many years. And then a high school teacher asked my class, who here has seen the Christmas special, Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey? And I raised my hand and went, yeah, it's terrible. And he was like, you haven't seen it. And I said, yes, I have. And he went, you're full of crap. And I was like, no. And I described it. Get out of my classroom, kid. (laughs) So I I then described the entire thing, and everyone in the class looked at me the way that you and Ben look at me when I bring up any cultural reference. Shaylin, why do you know that shit? That's that's the face. And um, I wanted to share that joy with both of you. Yeah, we're always poking our fingers in your face, like, hey, Hey, punk. How'd you know that? What the craziest thing to me is that this is based on a Christmas song I've never heard. I had never heard it. I've still never heard it. I didn't learn until reading up for this episode that it was based on a song. I just thought it was someone who was like a weird that made a bad donkey at Rankin and Bass. And they were like, we got to back way up. You're jumping way ahead in the narrative. Anyway, you're introducing things before you've been introduced. You're both welcome. This is episode 126. And you're like. You're all over the place. I have so many things to talk about, and I just had coffee. This is this is Watchbots by Quentin Tarantino. We're we're <laughs> we're going all over. I got to do my slow witted introduction all before right. we get into your fucking nonsense. God. Welcome to my so chaos. So Nestor, the long eared Christmas donkey, is another fine musical from the folks at Rankin Bass, and like many of their productions, it's a deeply deeply confusing and unnerving affair. <laughs> um so for for my my fear of stop motion first off jesus fuck you shalen this was the ter- most terrifying thing like rudolph is cute right it's adorable sure like, adorable looking i should say frosty is cute it's adorable this this doesn't sit well this is unnerving this is a a little post peak rankin bass and yeah again, let's do a little scene setting here so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came out in the early 60s. Frosty the Snowman, we talked about it last time, 1969. The year here, 1977. And the well had run a little bit dry. No, so what do you mean? When the well runs dry, you got to go back to your roots. And similar to Frosty and to Rudolph, Rankin, Bass, they looked to Gene Autry, who had come out with a song called Nestier the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, which... Similar to Rudolph, in that it's exactly the same story, except it has Jesus in it. <laughs> and so that's that's where they went with this special. To your point, Dave, 
it is a stop motion piece, an animagic piece, as they would say. Mm-hmm. But where Rudolph has a certain flow to it, this feels like stop motion that I would have done when I was six. Yes. And that everything is very like <laughs> herky jerky or when it's smooth, it's like the slowest thing you've ever seen. And Rudolph has a, I don't know if scale's the right word, but like it's got a, it doesn't feel like you're watching puppets on a tabletop. Yeah. Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey feels like you're watching puppets on a tabletop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact. Oh, it was filmed on a tabletop. What? <laughs> what? Why the fuck do you know that? What the fuck? Get out. What the fuck? It was a good joke. Listeners, I'm, I'm <laughs> pointing my finger at Shailen. No. How'd you know that? <laughs> the special. I never said it was anger. I said it was confusion. What the fuck? What? No. How'd you know that? Special was written do by it, Romeo Muller. <laughs> we talked about it him last week. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and call this guy a bad writer. Fair. The music. So we never heard. I, maybe we did hear the Gene Autry song. I don't know. But uh, there was some original music here written by Jules Bass of Rankin Bass and Maury Laws, who was their music guy. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They're not too good either. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a bunch of bullshit. It's not great. For a holiday special. They're not very special talent, especially talented. But this is what they specialize in. This this is a strange yeah. affair. So the story of Nestor, and we'll get into it in a lot more detail here, is most folks will know about uh, the birth of Christ. He had his mom, Mary. She was a virgin. Her apparently wax candle husband, Joseph. They went to Bethlehem. Gave, she gave birth in a manger. But what you didn't know, what you fucking... Fools and Philistines didn't know is that Mary rode the back of a long-eared donkey who guided them single-handedly and also suggested the manger. Hmm? I bet mm. you didn't know that, did you? Mm. Yeah. And that's the story of Nestor. I think but that there's was so in much the more. Book of Luke. And the birth story of Jesus. <laughs> there's so, so much more to this. They did have some name actors in this this piece. So the voice of Nestor was the child actress Shelley Hines, and this was her last role. Similar to Nestor's mom, uh, her career uh, f- frozen the snow. Oh, I thought you, she she froze to death. Uh, she maybe I don't know. Uh, when you look her up career, she- sure did. When you look up Shelley Hines on Google, you see Cheryl Hines, who you might know from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Not the same woman. <laughs> Different people, oh, as no, far as I'm no. a, as I can tell. What about um? Like, did she just think that Nestor was the peak of her career? That was. No going, no <laughs> maybe. going higher, or maybe there was no going lower. <laughs> I say maybe she was like, "There's, there's no recovering from this. My career is over." It's called the Nestor Nadir. <laughs> Hashtag Nestor Nadir. You also had Roger Miller who played Spielto, Spieltrick, Spielto, Spiel, the narrator donkey, the narrator donkey with the nice chain on him. So Roger Miller, a country singer. Did um, On the Road Again, performed and wrote a lot of the songs in the Robin Hood movie, and also was Tony nominated for his musical, Big River. He did King of the Road. King of on the Road. the Road Again was Willie Nelson. Uh, who cares? I do. Who fucking cares? I King do. of the Road. What the fuck? Willie Nelson? What, what are you talking about? No, he wrote that what? in an airplane ride. 
He wasn't even King on the of all men. <laughs> Willie Nelson sang uh, America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 7, by the way. It was a wonderful rendition. I believe that. Also in this production, as Tilly the Cherub, we had Brenda Vaccaro. And contrary to what you guys might think, and listeners, if you watch the show, Brenda Vaccaro had performed before playing the role of Tilly and had, in fact, been nominated for Golden Globes and, and Oscars, yes. ostensibly for her acting prowess. <laughs> yes. I guess voice acting is a different medium. That's, <laughs> True enough. Her awards were for actual acting, not for voice acting. It's why there's only five voice actors that me and Shailen know. Because um, <laughs> it's really hard to do, apparently. Funny you should say that because Don Messick. What? Scooby-Doo himself Whoa. was in this, fil- was in this uh, special. Whoa. You know, there's not a lot of like context to talk about with Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey because there were not other renditions of this. There was no great story. We've already talked to Rankin Bass. So really, we could just kind of start I mean, talking about this special. The context is that this story, this untold gem from thousands of years ago. I have an exact date, by the way. Was finally brought to light in 1977. Yeah. And truth, true. for once, was brought about our land. The real story of Christ, saved by a donkey. Yes, that's good context to have, for sure. Ooh. I agree. What were you feeling? <laughs> right? Is that the... Yeah, soon segue? enough. Soon enough. Oh, okay. So the episode aired. <laughs> December 3rd, <laughs> 1977. All right, now we can do that bit. Ooh, what were you saying? Okay, chill. now you do the intro. I sure do wish... I knew it was happening in 1977, Ben. Top movie in the land. Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey. (laughs) A little movie, you might have heard of it. Star Wars. Imagine this special, watching this right after seeing Star Wars. Yeah. What a disappointment. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So my, uh, my, my thing about this show is like, so imagine growing up, right? And it's not like, not like TV today, obviously, where you can just, just stream whatever you want. You have to sit and wait everything's appointment viewing and i'm sure commercials it's the new rank and bath special new rank and bath special this friday this friday you know children are probably that are in love with rudolph and frosty are running to the tv like yes yes i can't wait to see this and then the show turns on and you got this (laughs) fucking donkey that's right And then also add Star Wars to it. Like, oh, man, we just watched a uh, space opera. Like, this thing is cool. And then, oh, we, but we, oh, there's this stupid claymation donkey. Oh, my God. <laughs> imagine, imagine this world where Star Wars had been in theaters for over seven months. You loved it. We were just weeks away from Saturday Night Fever. So you're, you're, you're grooving. You're out there, baby. But imagine this world where the third part of that Venn diagram is that you love folksy donkeys who sob a lot, a lot and are clumsy fucks. You would be thrilled. You be, would be just pleased as punch. That fun diagram's a perfect circle, if you're asking me. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite band, by the way. Um, <laughs> top TV during this time period. So the top three shows here were Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, and Three's Company. So a simpler time. Mm. A better time? A simpler time. Simpler. I'll give you that. Better? No. Simpler. Yeah. To be sure. 
so let's get into this nonsense. <laughs> um, you notice right off the bat, we talked about this a little bit, just everything looks bad. Yep. Like the everything is shiny. The stop motion sucks. It just looks terrible. It looks like they had, they weren't content with just positioning the puppets, taking the shot, positioning them again. Like, you know, like any stop motion. Sure. It's like they were trying to do fancy camera tricks. With it, there's a lot of pans, <laughs> yeah, and tilts, Dutch angles, <laughs> and like they decided that like they needed to fill every frame with mm-hmm. as much visual nonsense as possible. This was truly a nightmare for me. It's like the Star Wars prequels. No, it's not like the Star Wars <laughs> prequels putting at all. Putting too much shit in the in the frame all yeah, the time. I, I can see that that way, but like, it's there's so much going on in every shot. It's like yeah. you didn't have to do this Rankin and Bass. It's Please, richer than a seven layer dip. This show. you don't need fourteen donkeys. You only need three. Stop it. You need them all. Right. So we open here, and it's Christmas Eve, and you're hearing from Roger Miller. I mean, I know his voice anywhere. Our listeners will as well. But he's a donkey, and he's walking around, and what? You didn't know Santa had a donkey? What? You never knew Santa had a donkey? Why, sure. Who do you think pulls Santa's snowplow? Yeah, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Who do you think's pulling Santa's snowplow? It's 1977. He doesn't have an engine. For God's sake. And I thought off the bat that this was Nestor because you didn't have any reason to think differently. But I noticed he didn't have long ears. But for whatever reason, this donkey is wearing a chain that you would see. I don't I don't know, like, I guess on a disco guy, like, you know what I mean? A guy with a big afro shirt unbuttoned down to like his belly button and this huge chain with a medallion on it. Like, What sure. is this? Is it just stylish? I think he's just a very stylish donkey. Okay. It's 1977. Saturday Night Fever's about to be popular. Was, was that a calling card of Roger Miller? Did he have like a chain or something? <laughs> he Shailen, did. I'm, I'm looking to you. He did wear funny collars and like vests. Like um, John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Like he wore like the, the open shirt with like okay. the vest. Okay. That's true. Yeah. And in Saturday Night, I mean, who knows how long these things take to animate? Yeah. I don't know. Still seems silly. It seems weird. It's, it's just, he's it's a, just wild. a donkey. <laughs> But we find out here that it's not Nestor. It is, in fact, Spielto. Spielto? Spielto. Spielto? Spielto. I'm not sure. It's a drug reference for sure. And <laughs> as it turns out, Spielto is a great grand descendant of this Nestor that we're going to talk about. And so Spielto goes through like the stable and it's like we're already seven minutes into the show and like just nothing is happening but you're like where the fuck is Nestor and Spielto says just about the way the real one looked I guess except for the donkey they made him all wrong he didn't look like that at all how do I know why that donkey was my ancestor Nestor yes sir Nestor yes sir Nestor. Nestor. <laughs> yes, sir. Nestor. They couldn't have found a more sleepy sounding man. Yeah. It would have taken this. drugs, more drugs than they probably gave Roger Miller. 
<laughs> I guess I guess like maybe old Bing Crosby. Um, give us some figgy pudding. Like that would have maybe been more sleepy sounding. Maybe because he's a or, or donkey's low energy. Is that the idea? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Eeyore is. I mean, I've been to a donkey show. Like they seem. <laughs> I just thought that it was pretty high energy. It's a very lackadaisical donkey show if ever I've seen one. It yeah. took me a full like 30 seconds to understand that you were making a joke. And I was about, because I was like, what the hell's a, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, just on top of your game here. Woo. So. The holiday donkey show. Spielto mentions Rudolph about 75 times in the scene. Mm-hmm. In like a really irritating way. He's like, everybody knows Rudolph, but no one knows Nestor. And that's where you go, well, that would be a false equivalency, Spielto, because what the fuck does Rudolph have to do with Nestor? Their stories are narratively alike, but on another's hand, they have nothing to do with each other. It's also, um, like, yeah, fuck They you, both narrator. saved Christmas. <laughs> one of them saved Jesus being born, well, and the other saved Santa Claus Spoiler. getting the presents out. Spoiler. Yeah, come on, Shalyn. But really like, it's like, <laughs> don't chastise me for not knowing this song that I'm, I was never anybody popular. had heard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You idiot. <laughs> so Spielto talks about, there's like a nativity scene set up around the Christmas tree. Uh, which is weird because like there's a lot of weird mixing of secular and religious here that's that's bizarre. So the idea that like Santa loves Jesus, like that's never how Santa's been portrayed. But anyway, the donkey and the nativity scene is wrong, and then he bitches, and then an elf brings him an accurate one, which then means that in the like the world of this story, every nativity scene is wrong because I I ain't never seen a nativity scene with a long eared donkey. Yeah. But you know how elves are, Ben. I do. I do know how elves are. Uh, so this they was like s- a shitty way to sell a shitty, like a shitty product. Like they were like, <laughs> there must be people with nativity scenes are gonna want that long eared donkey, you know, nestled up against their baby Jesus. Next time that I am in a store and someone is irritating me, like at Christmas time, I'm gonna demand a long eared donkey for historical accuracy and see what happens. They would be like, what? What the fuck? The way you know that I react to you when you talk about things. That's not... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, so they you both. So they start singing some bullshit song about Rudolph. I didn't... Whatever. Who the fuck cares? Uh, but they get to like the opening credits here, and it's like Nestor walking around and falling, and there's weird freeze frames, and there's names popping on screen. It's it's budget. I gotta stop you here. Like, there's... um, You know in movies... Like Alfred Hitchcock did this a lot. They're showing the credits, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's directed by Alfred yeah. Hitchcock. And it's always over like a really cool shot. Not always, but like mo- sometimes directors will do that. They'll put their name on a cool shot or a shot that is like emblematic of the rest of the movie that you're going to watch. Spielberg mm-hmm. does it too. This one, it's Rankin and Bass, directed by Rankin and Bass. And it's over Nestor, who has fallen down, and they freeze frame, and his face is horrifyingly disfigured. (laughs) (laughs) Like this pain. And I was like, the directors put their name over that. And I was like, that is emblematic of what this this special is going to be. I knew right off the bat it was going to be garbage. Hot, great garbage. And it was. And it was. So they're singing about 
Nestor and it's like, oh, he's sad. He's mopey, whatever. Uh, then you go to commercial. You come back and you come back to Spielto and. You want to know more about Nestor? Not really, but we're kind of committed to the bit at this point. So now Spielto starts talking about the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire is spreading the land and we visit the farm of Olaf the donkey breeder. And if you were wondering the time period for Nestor's story, an IMDb poster has done the work for us here. So I'm going to read this verbatim. Olaf the donkey breeder appears to be of Germanic ethnicity meaning his farm is probably at the Roman Empire's northernmost limits. Nestor's journey occurred around 4 BC, 12 years before Rome's northward colonization of Germany was bloodily halted by the Battle of the Teutoborg Forest in AD 9. There is no year zero, which should be factored into addition and subtraction between BC and AD years. So the point of this is that this 20-minute special, where not much happens, spans a time period of about four years Think about that. Hmm. I don't. I don't think the creators of this special put that as much thought as that person did. But that's the great thing is that somebody did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what I think of that is that whoever did all that math probably wasted their time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Said the podcast hosts who were. Yeah, I mean, you said. Yeah, I thought yeah. it, but you said it. So. I can't. Yeah, we, we shouldn't throw. Shouldn't throw. The stones world in needs to know about Nestor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Nestor is Nestor from the Nintendo Power comics, but I guess this is a second best. We should talk about Nintendo Power. Yes, that's true. We should. That doesn't seem like good audio content. Anyway, let's meet Olaf the donkey breeder along with his French dog. Oh, no food for you, long ears. You don't earn your keep, always tripping over your ears and smashing things. <laughs> what that, that was the dog. That wasn't me doing that bit. Why is Olaf such a jerk? Olaf's fine. He loves, he loves Nestor in the end. Yeah, but he becomes useful. He actually does it. We got to establish what you are to the rest of the world in this movie, Nestor. Always smashing things. <laughs> oh my god, it's so lazy. It's lazy, and yeah, it, it's bad. So he gives Nestor's mom dinner, and he gives everybody else dinner, and Nestor just eats his mom's dinner. So it's fine. She's self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. To a fault. And you see, like, Nestor, he's like, he's walking around. He's got these big, long ears that are always twitching because the animation's so bad. (laughs) And he trips and he falls and you hear Mama's famous catchphrase. Ears, Nestor. Those ears. Ears, Nestor. And folks, spoiler, we'll talk about this shortly. That line spurs Nestor to get Jesus to his birthing place. So ears, Nestor. Ears Nestor. A hugely important piece in the uh, the history of Christianity. So everybody's always teasing Nestor, all the other little animals. We see Nestor crying conservatively 75 times in, in the course of this special. And it's just like this fucking mopey donkey. But you get a lot of songs here. I'm going to play a little bit of this initial Nestor song. Uh, and I get a fun fact for you afterwards. Nestor was a donkey who seldom left to plead Cause no one ever used him in the stable where he stayed So I know I said that uh, the Bass did a lot of the music. That song actually ghostwritten. Do you know who, who wrote that? No, who? Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dylan song. <laughs> Mr. 
Yes, you. He's a little donkey. Well, what can he do about his ears? So th- the ooh, song. Ooh, this you goes. <laughs> the song ends like if only there was something he could do about his ears. And I had this thought that under the circumstances in which Nestor lived, he would have been killed or they would have cut his ears. Other than yeah. that, like the, there, there's no re- reason for it. No, I know that sounds brutal. And like, I'll just put it out there flat. Olaf would have killed him years before or they would have cut his ears and then he would have just been a donkey. They would have cut his ears. Like they still cut dog ears these days, which is sad and like, I think it's cruel and horrible, but they do it and they crop dog tails and it's cruel, but they do it. Like Nestor's ears did not stand a chance in yeah. this world. Yeah. It is wild. Well, it was the power of the Lord that saved them, I guess. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to get real blasphemous here. Every time that barbaric Olaf tried to <laughs> you know, lift and drop that cleaver, the handle would fall off. You know, the, <laughs> you know there was a there's lightning div- strike. A right, single beam of light would come in. And some sort of divine intervention would occur. Would awe Almost him. As, uh, as if Nestor were chosen. <laughs> Maybe he was. We're in the dead of winter here. and It's cold. And I didn't pull the narration, but it takes a solid 30 seconds for the narrator to say that it's the winter solstice and they're having a party. When the winter is at its coldest and the day is at its shortest... The animals gathered around for a gathering with much mirth and cheer, and celebrations were had, and they had a good time, but they feared to go outside because it was too cold. And it just went on and on and on and on. But the point is, everybody's actually nice to Nestor and to each other because it's such a mirthful occasion. And his mom gives him Olaf's wife's old socks to wear on his ears. Because his ears get cold. And he gets a little smooch. But Nestor, he lets it all go to his head, you know? This one night, this one glorious night. This is the best day ever. I'll never forget it. Oh, you'll never forget it, Nestor. And here's why. Because that very night, on the winter solstice, some scary-ass Roman soldiers come in. They, <laughs> Terrifying. They are dressed like Roman soldiers. Now, mind you, I'm no historian, but it would seem like as the Roman Empire went north that they might have had some additional clothing that wasn't like the little skirt things that they wore. The leather-pleated skirts and yeah. Yeah, sleeveless chest plates. But these guys come in. A frock. Is that what it's called? A frock. No, I don't know. <laughs> what? Chilling. The hauberk. <laughs> uh, so they, they burst into the barn. They just knew that this was a donkey pasture, and they're here to relay the needs of their emperor. The emperor needs donkeys. Strong, young donkeys. Show them to me. <laughs> Show them to me. And that is the voice of Papa Smurf. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gargamel. Don Messick. Gargamel needs his donkeys. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Olaf shows up and he's like, oh, what do you want? And then they, they're they like, we need donkeys, all your donkeys. And then they start pulling the donkeys out and they, they rip Nestor out and he's got his little things on. And everybody's very confused, right? So all like the young donkeys are ripped away from their parents and they're just kind of there and like they're making donkey noises and you get a little dialogue. What's he doing? Taking us away. Away? No! Mom! Come back here, you. 
so they he starts sexually molesting Nestor. It's a donkey raid. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back. He goes to Ravette to his mother, and then the guy gets him by the ears, and he's like, "Hey, pal, what are you giving me a bum deal <laughs> with this with this long eared donkey?" And Olaf's like, "It's it's a mess." Like, so the gist of this is that. They take back the money. They shove Olaf down. They throw Nestor on the ground. Nestor's getting thrown around a lot in these next couple minutes. They're holding them by the ears. But then they bring the donkeys outside. And (laughs) sort of the episode starts to get upsetting. Forward, slaves, to the glory of the Roman Empire. (laughs) (laughs) So all of Nestor's childhood friends... (laughs) Surely we'll be dead within, I don't know, a couple of days. <laughs> They're getting whipped and called slaves. It's a horrible. It's boy. terrible. It's fucking awful. Up until this point, it had just been like a Rudolph clone, right? Mm-hmm. Like this four-legged creature with this physical abnormality is getting teased by his friends and his, and his family. He's got a loving mother. They grow to accept it. Like it's the plot of Rudolph really, really quick. Yeah. And now there's this little tiny bridge where the Roman Empire is involved and then it turns into Bambi in a, in a little bit in, a, in yeah. a very quick way imagine yeah. imagine the plot of Rudolph so Rudolph has his asshole friends what, what's the girl reindeer Clarice Clarice, Clarice. so imagine Clarice. let's put this in a similar situation Rudolph meets Clarice things are going well Jack Frost shows up and just cuts her throat. <laughs> and then the special goes on. Like, like this is fucking While their crazy. friends sit around and scream. <laughs> it's truly upsetting stuff. But we're not done because now we're back in the paddock and Olaf is sitting on top of his French dog and Olaf, he picks Nestor up by the ears and he's screaming at him and he throws him into a bucket, and this whole while, like, they couldn't be bothered to animate Nestor blinking, so he's just, like, an unmoving puppet. Like, he just looks like he's dead. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I thought it was a choice, like, the, he's just staring in fear. Oh, maybe. I think it was no, bad no, animation. No, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely lazy. Artistic license. So he, just, he, tells, he tells Nestor, I'm done with you. I don't want to see you anymore. You can freeze. And he picks him up by the ears, and he throws him out the door, and Nestor goes hundreds of feet and bounces off a tree. It's really violent. It's really violent. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Olaf turns around. Nestor's mom is pissed, and she's back kicking, mule kicking, I believe the term is. Yes, I think that's true. <laughs> I'm not talking Moscow mule, baby. Oh, donkey punch, I think. <laughs> donkey punch, whatever, okay? I like them all. And then she runs out, and she looks for Nestor. And she's like, Nestor, ears. And his stupid ears pop out of the ground and and they get back together. It's sounding like a cartoon boner. And they get together and Mama does a little foreshadowing. Mama? So cold, Mama. So no cold. more, my darling. Now we must be brave. Uh-huh. Remember that. Ever happens, you must be brave. Listening to this audio just in isolation, I'm starting to see why this may have been Shelley Hines' last role. <laughs> not a lot of uh, not a lot of talent there. So they clear a patch of grass. It's snowing out. Nestor lies down, and the mother lies on top of him. And I thought to myself naively, 
oh, surely they're not going to kill the mother off. <laughs> what a fool I was. Because, because what happens? <laughs> what happens is we come back from commercial. And you might hear a little bit of upbeat music to start. Don't worry. There's nothing upbeat about what you're about to hear. This is about 20 seconds. Take it in. By morning, the storm had gone, and as savagery often does, it left beauty in its wake. <laughs> the good Lord sometimes works in strange ways. <laughs> the love of Nestor's mother had saved him. But in saving Nestor, she had allowed the storm to take her, and she was gone forever. Think about I, this. I don't <laughs> care uh-huh. how much of a kind grandpa you sound like. The words you're saying are still morbid and scary. Like, yes, <laughs> and horrible. Yes, exactly. That's true. But also think about what they don't tell you, which is it had stopped snowing by this point, which means that Nestor had to climb out from under his dead mother right. and then she, watch as she was covered with snow. He didn't have to watch her get covered in snow, he chose to do that. I thought sure. he buried her in this. Like, I thought he, he if, if he climbs <laughs> out, right? Like, the snow probably shook off of her. And he used he his ears to make a little cross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, oh man, yeah. it, it's really crazy. And just to really drive the point home, this is the very next line of dialogue. And now, Nestor was all alone. Wow. <laughs> cool. Enjoy Jesus. the rest of the show, kids. It's only going to oh, get darker man. from here. You're about to get real sad. He's going to travel through all sorts of pain and torment. Not really, as it turns out, or at least not much that you can see, but this is kind of his low point. So he starts to wander around, and you find out here that Nestor, because he has long ears, can hear things. Don't ask for the logic. It's not there. Just let it wash over you. But all of a sudden, he hears something, and then... This fucking horrifying nightmare drops in. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I thought it was an imp. As it turns out, this is a cherub. Uh, she'll introduce herself in a second. But it's like not porcelain, but some kind of ceramic is what she's made out of. Like an ornament. Yeah. Yeah. Like she looks hard and glassy and... She looks like they Scary. bought something at CVS <laughs> instead of creating a puppet. <laughs> I wrote down here, um, well, just when you couldn't get any creepier, we meet Tilly the Cherub. <laughs> Let's meet Tilly the Cherub. Who are you? It's not who I am. It's what I am. Do you know what I am? A cherub. And again, keep in mind, this actress, Oscar nominated by this point, had won Golden Globes for Best Actress, but... This is the voice that she came out with for uh, for Nestor. <laughs> she got paid. Paycheck's a paycheck. Yeah, I guess so. Oof. So they start to talk, and Tilly's floating around. I learned something about cherubs in this special that I didn't know. Would you like to learn the fact as well? Yes, please. Angels inspire humans, and cherubs inspire animals. You do? But oops. I looked that up. Is that true? No. I don't think that's true. No, they... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think angels I, inspire humans. Actually, have you ever Did seen you? Touched by an Angel? Oh, oh shit! No, never mind. I'm, my apologies to Roma Downey. I mean, in the Bible, they don't really—they just yell at them a lot. Yeah, yeah. fear not. 
That's what Touched by an Angel should have been. <laughs> that would have been great. This I'm is an angel! First time in the special that they get fast and loose with the religious stuff, but this is like, I looked this up, and it's you can't even find a reference to cherubs inspiring animals. I uh, guess because uh, you would have no way of actually knowing if that was true or not either. I always thought that cherubs were like dead baby spirits. Is that not true? Oh, God. Ooh. I don't know. Hold on. Let me just double check here. That's better than what Rankin Bass suggest. So you think the idea, Dave, that they're dead babies is better than them simply inspiring animals? No, no, no. I think the logic, not not the not the idea itself, the logic behind Chalen's idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Known as either cherubs or cupids. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's his cherubim. Well, I mean, cupids we know from Valentine's Day, of course. The first thing that comes up says cherubs are nothing more than dead babies. It doesn't matter how many shotgun shells you blast point blank. They will only toddle closer and closer. Well, I don't even need to know what that source is because it certainly sounds very reputable. I think that's from the, the book of John. <laughs> I think it's a Toby Keith song. Yeah. Answers.com says, no, they're very powerful angels and they're totally separate from creation. Okay. I'm going to cut off totally your... Used? It yes. says totally. It's so we can just move on so from it's, here. It's Jill, do you want to read more things off the internet? Yes. Okay. I won't, but what? I want to. So whatever it is, she sucks. Let's do some more dialogue. I fell off a cloud and spoiled everything. My name is Tilly. Now then. What? That's what exactly how I sounded after I did that Bruce Springsteen impression. <laughs> I fell out of a cloud. I fell out of a cloud. And then I sang with the E Street Band. <laughs> Put down that Jesus statue. <laughs> Get inside that manger. Pick up that tabernacle stick. If you've ever been a little long-eared donkey. The story of Tilly makes no sense. That's true. So Tilly is there to inspire Nestor, but she just randomly throws out that she fell down from heaven and ruined everything. You know who else fell down from heaven? Lucifer. A little guy called Satan. Or Lucifer. I don't know the story anymore. I haven't read uh, Paradise Lost in a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Some asshole fell down. It's not a good look for Tilly, but so she tells him a riddle about what she's there to do, and spoiler, they need to go to Bethlehem. They need to go on a journey so he can save somebody, like his mother saved him or whatever the fuck. And they know that they're going to Bethlehem because... Oh, I can never remember names loaded on my wing. Bethlehem. It was here that I, I entertained a brief notion that Rankin Bass was just trolling <laughs> the youth of America. Like, the, the cherub wrote Bethlehem on her wing? What the fuck? Like, if, if you consider the scale, it is huge. It was like if I wrote a note on my hand, but I used my whole hand. Right. For, for the one word. Yeah. Like, oh, call Ben. And it's just like from the heel of my hand to the tip of my middle finger. I heard, though, that this is where Christopher Nolan got the idea from Memento. It was this exact scene. Yeah, and it also inspired that famous scene from Lost where, uh, where he said, not Penny's boat. Of course. That joke really got me. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> so Nestor says, I don't want to go to Bethlehem That's far, <laughs> you lazy fuck. And then Tilly goes, he would want you to. And then a beam of sunlight comes down on Tilly. <laughs> and Nestor goes, oh. And, and that would then imply that Nestor knows about God? Yeah. 
And yes. not only does he know about him, he worships him. I've been told that animals don't have souls. You weird Catholics and your funny This rules. is weird. None of it makes sense. So are we to believe that Olaf was a Jewish man celebrating the winter solstice? That's confusing. That's a pagan holiday. No, the animals celebrated the winter solstice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Nestor the animals was... are pagan. Yeah. Except... Yeah, they formed a sect. Okay. Indubitably. And then when they when he got banished, Nestor became a Jew? Is that what I'm to believe? Could we take it a step further and call his mother a Wiccan? I mean, sure, why not? Perhaps she's a witch. It's possible. They are connected. (laughs) Yeah, I remember seeing her in Practical Magic. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's doing magic. She's like dancing around the paddock. Yeah, she was played by Sarah Jessica Parker in uh, in Hocus Pocus. (laughs) Shailen, you know that one. You've seen Practical Magic. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Every time you bring it up, I make I laugh along politely without I, knowing what you mean. I don't think this has ever come up <laughs> that I can recall. <laughs> so anyway, so they're going to Jerusalem, a journey which will take them four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. He might have spent two years wandering out in the wilderness that's without true. his mother. Yeah, you don't that's know? fair. Yeah. That, that's a fair weeping. point. Weeping. But when you're traveling... With your buds, the two things you need are a tissue because of all the crying you're doing <laughs> and a little traveling music. Here's a new song. Don't laugh and make somebody cry. That's enough of that. So the whole song. That's how Nestor knows that Tilly is a real friend. Well, Maybe. This whole seven-minute video is Nestor and Tilly, and they're journeying along, and everybody laughs at Nestor, but not Tilly. And you're like, okay, well, Nestor at least knows that when something goes wrong to appear, he knows that pain, and so he's not going to laugh, right? No, that's actually not even remotely true, because there's a scene here, a little vignette in this music video, where there's a bear who laughs at Nestor. And Nestor is looking sad. He's probably crying. This is all he does. And then a spider or a bee comes down, and the bear is terrified. He freaks the fuck out. And Nestor walks over and puts a gentle paw on the bear and says, it's okay, buddy. No, I'm just no, kidding. He, he falls down laughing at the bear. <laughs> so There's no lesson. There's no moral. It's just if somebody's different, laugh at them, even no. if that happens has happened to you your whole life. Listen. Nestor gets made fun of for Nestor's appearance that he has no control over. The bear gets laughed at for acting like a baby when a spider lands on him. He could change that behavior. Nestor can't change his ears. This whole vignette lasted for maybe four hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was long. It it has no bearing on the plot. No, it establishes that Mm. Nestor knows Tilly as a friend. Which they probably did when God spoke to him with that ray of light. Yeah. It was like, yeah, fucking donkey, trust this cherub, man. She was a dead baby once. Yeah. Really, you could have started this special at the moment he hits Jerusalem and had Tilly show up for about 12 seconds. Yep. And you could have had a 10-minute special, but that's the Romeo Muller way. You got to make 20 minutes of content out of, I don't know, three minutes of plot. But but Romeo Muller takes a song and writes a story about the song. This one has multiple songs in it, and they are all equally... Unmemorable. <laughs> you said unmemorable. <laughs> I was going to say fucking terrible. <laughs> Whatever. 
six of one, half dozen <laughs> yeah, of the half other. Half dozen of the other, yeah, yeah. That several years is summed up in a song that only feels like it's several years long. And finally, they're approaching Jerusalem. And here we are. Is this Bethlehem? Almost. Why don't we go all the way there? Oh, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. Then a little fancy writer speak for, we don't have enough shit, so we need to have you <laughs> languish along a little bit, Nestor. We had to cut a Roger Miller song. It was too dark. <laughs> Tilly seems less like a muse to me, like somebody who inspires, and more like somebody who's just going to tell Nestor the solution at every possible turn, except for this one. It's kind of like if in Harry Potter, they told him everything except for the death part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, she's, a, she's like a Dumbledore character. She's a very annoyingly enigmatic. Like, just yeah. <laughs> fucking give him the answer. Yeah. Dumble Tilly. Dumble Tilly. It doesn't happen. So then Tilly. Tilly-dor. Tilly-dor. Tilly goes home. So Tilly goes back to heaven. No particular reason why she can't hang out with Nestor, but it is what it is. So then Nestor, this clumsy bastard, gets himself picked up by another donkey merchant. And do you remember the beginning of the special, which was about 10 ish minutes before this, when Nestor was disliked by the other animals and abused? Yeah. Same thing, right down to the exact same fucking song about how sad Nestor is. So instead of it snow, now you have sand, but it's the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It, they may have used like the same camera angles to show like instead of donkeys playing with his ears, now it's camels. <laughs> 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 fucking hated this. But then they show him and he's sad and he's crying and he's like, I want to go to Jerusalem. When all of a sudden, who shows up but a couple of guest stars? That's right, folks. Abbott and Costello. <laughs> oh, wait. It's, it's the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> alongside Joseph and the Virgin Mary. It's and, Dean Martin and Jenny Lewis. <laughs> That's right, baby. So, <laughs> Joseph, boy, I don't even know how to describe him. It's like they sculpted the Joseph figure out of wax and then left him in the sun for a couple of days. He just looks melty. And he's not in scale with Mary at all. Like so? he's like wide. Men were wider in those days. Sean, you don't have to body shame Joseph. I'm not, it's you see he's girthy. No, it looks like they forgot they were sculpting a human when they made that one. <laughs> he's he's a big boy, sir. <laughs> and then Mary. So Mary is in the blue robes that uh, any Christian or someone who's been forced to go to church will know. The thing about Mary, though, is she's usually portrayed with a pretty kind face not a a bland death mask <laughs> she has like the deadest eyes she's perfectly emotionless <laughs> oh man dave what are your thoughts on the joseph and mary portrayals here you went to catholic school i did i did um i thought the mary was was fine i didn't find her emotionless and blank but th- <laughs> i think that's because i was too busy wondering why the hell so like mary they animate as i don't know she's a young woman, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Joseph, they animate and like, I didn't think melty. I just thought like, why did they use 75 year old John Reese Davies face for the Joseph model? <laughs> like he looks like Gimli a little bit. It's so he weird. He did look like Gimli. Yeah. <laughs> like, why does Joseph look so old and dwarven? Oh my God. That's amazing. I guess we didn't really know that much about Joseph. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I was just marveling here that 
Yeah, this talking donkey. Yeah, he met Joseph and Mary. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? It gets better. It in the special better. that started with Santa Claus. I can't imagine. Now, now I'm a, a recovering Catholic. Like, I can't imagine that the Catholic Church was like, yeah, let's go with this one. This is a good story. Like, no, it's not. It just depicts, it depicts God and in the, the story of, of, of the birth of Jesus in a insane manner. Catholic Church had some bigger problems going on, so I guess it's I could forgive them. In the late 70s? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, some, some bad shit going on. So Joseph and Mary, they need a steed, and the, the merchant's like, I have many fine donkeys. And thankfully, his voice isn't too horrifically nightmarish, but there's a very particular reason that they picked Nestor. And you won't see this in the Bible, but Rankin-Bass got you covered. They chose him from all others, for they loved his gentle eyes. Gentle, dead, whatever. <laughs> his unblinking and wavering eyes. The song sounds like every verse or line just sounds like he's about to say, Good morning, America, how are you? I just wanted him to finish the song. <laughs> His uncanny valley eyes. <laughs> what were the other donkey's eyes like? If his mean. were considered gentle, like where do you find a mean-ass donkey? Mean. The two gentlest donkeys that have ever existed are Nestor and then Donkey from the Shrek franchise. What no, no, your? Dominic. Dominic. Oh, Dominic, yeah. yeah. Do- I mean, Dominic also holiday appropriate. Mm-hmm. A little known fact. Too Italian, though. Damn it, you took my joke. I was going to say Rankin Bass was originally going to do Domino- Dominic the Donkey, but mm-hmm. they thought that it would uh, increase some race relation problems in the U.S. <laughs> this was so around the time of The Godfather, <laughs> I guess that plays. So They'd already filmed half of it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now we have to just put him in a manger. Now we got to recast Dominic. <laughs> Make his ears longer, it'll be fine. <laughs> Jesus. They've gotten uh, Al Pacino to do the Nestor voice. (laughs) C'est la vie. And another life, folks. Uh, So the merchant is trying to rip them off. And he's like, this donkey is really special. And Joseph realizes Mary's going to pop. She's going to bust that baby out. He has another way of putting it. But Mary, you are heavy with child. You cannot walk. Oh, take him. (laughs) But Mary, you cannot walk. That's how you know that he's a Bible character, because he talks in a very odd and flowery way. And he doesn't use contractions. <laughs> you cannot. This is how I talked to my wife when she was pregnant with her. Our <laughs> you are heavy with child. Wife, you are heavy with child. So now Spielto tells us that now Nestor, who I guess was ready to die, has the strength to carry Mary across the desert. And so they're walking across the desert, and Nestor doesn't trip. Because he has Mary wrapped in his ears. And I thought, oh, so he could have just like tied those ears up in like a fucking loose ear bun and been fine this whole time. Because his ears hang low and they wobble to and fro. He could tie them in a knot. He could tie them in a bow. But he didn't because he's stupid. End of song. Mm-hmm. Needle lifts off the record. <laughs> <laughs> so they're walking through the desert and then they lose their guiding star. And then Nestor starts hearing voices again about, you know, doing what his mother did for him. And I thought, oh, no, 
is Nestor going to lie on top of Mary and die in the sandstorm so that they can get to Bethlehem? <laughs> is, that, is that what that means? It, it cuts and then shows Mary and Joseph walking away post-storm and there's just this mound with these dead ears sticking out of it. <laughs> this is legitimately what I thought for a moment. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> that's Nestor not dark. laid in his sandy little tomb. But then all of a sudden, he sees Tilly in the clouds. And Tilly's like, okay, it's time. It's time to do your thing, Nestor. (laughs) (laughs) The special goes to like, we're past 11. We're up to like 14. Uh, Let's just, (laughs) let's keep going. Here we go. I will guide you now, Nestor. That voice. Not Tilly. Your, 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 your. Listen to the I will follow them, mother. So in the clouds, (laughs) if you've seen Happy Gilmore, you've seen the end of Happy Gilmore with Chubbs and and the alligator. Tilly fade dissolves into (laughs) Nestor's mama, who I guess is an angel now. And she's like, follow the angels, Nestor. And then she fade dissolves out and you get six angels None of their mouths ever move. Their oh. bodies don't move. Their faces don't move. Everybody that's in the clouds is perfectly still. They look like some kid took like cabbage patch dolls and like glued wigs on them. It's yeah. Really yes, that's exactly, that's it. It's fucked up. So Nestor's gift is that he can hear what the others cannot. And so he hears the angels' voices and he's supposed to lead them. And the thing that I liked here is... That Nestor gets up, he has the strength to carry on. But what I really enjoyed is the angel's song. This is a big one in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know that song, right? The angel sing, follow the sound of the angel. Yeah, it's up there yeah. with holy, 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 and um, yeah. you know, joy to the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they wrote all that shitty music, they couldn't be like, Protect a golden gift or anything. It was follow the sound of the angel. Just the most literal thing they could have said. I mean, it's a kid's show. You got to make sure they understand. I guess. Yes, I guess so. Use your big (laughs) ass ears. (laughs) So they mount up and they get to Bethlehem. And this is where we start diverging from the Bible a little bit. If there's a secret Bible with the story of Nestor, this is where it starts to come out. The book of Nestor. Yeah. So here's the first part. It's the book of Donkey. Donkey. Bethlehem, you've gotten us through. Thank you. Thank you, little donkey. (laughs) The book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 27. Thank you, little donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, I say to you, donkey. Hey, little donkey. Thank you, donkey. We all remember, we remember that when they got to Bethlehem, that there were no rooms in any of the inns, and they had no money anyway. So they go to the manger so that Mary can give birth. But what I don't remember is this part of the story. And as you know, all the inns were full up. Nestor didn't know what to do. And then he thought back, and he remembered how warm and beautiful a stable could be for a baby <laughs> when his mother was close. And very much alive. <laughs> Before she was dead. And talking to him through the heaven. <laughs> So not only is Nestor a part of the Christmas story, he is instrumental to it. That is correct. (laughs) He gets them there. He finds the manger. But then we get to the birth scene, and it's very graphic, folks. But 
<laughs> and Esther stood there watching Jesus, baby Jesus crowned from the beautiful Virgin Mary. Ugh, I just clenched. Don't do that. He was covered in animagic placenta. <laughs> the schmegma was <laughs> red like the robes I'm of uncomfortable. the nope. cardinal. Mm-mm. Nope. The bloody show shone all over Bethlehem under the, under the light of the North Stop. Star. Nestor's tears weren't tears of sadness. They were tears of fright. His animal brain could not comprehend what he was seeing. (laughs) He brayed. He brayed. So they loved this little donkey, but they show the wise men and they show everybody down in the manger. Nestor is on a hill extraordinarily far away from the sea. Yeah, what is this? (laughs) Oh, thanks for leading us here, donkey. Go fuck off. <laughs> but that, Go fuck yourself. Once again. <laughs> Nestor once again an outcast in his own show. <laughs> like they're talking about how Nestor had done the thing, and then he fell over, and for a brief moment again, I was like, did he die? I thought so, too. And Nestor had done his purpose on this earth, and he slept off this mortal coil. It's similar to the end of The Last Jedi, right? Where Luke, he puts all his force effort into sending right. that projection across the universe. Right. And then he died from the effort. And I thought, oh, maybe Nestor just doesn't make it. That's why you don't see him in the story, because he's not important later. But but no. Nah. But no, he's he's alive. I have a feeling that they wanted to do that. Because the way they shoot it, he just keels over. It's yeah, not yeah. Like, It's not like he trips over his ears. Or they say he does, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like he kicks the bucket. Donkey but then they the remembered that he couldn't be someone's ancestor right. if he died. But then they remembered he had to fuck to get down to Spielto uh, right. two millennia who, later. I don't know. Who knows what he did in the, those woods? <laughs> I also like that Nestor's bloodline is so strong that he's... <laughs> <laughs> let's say let's say that this narration takes place in you know present day then. His seed germinated for almost 2,000 years. And it somehow managed to travel from Bethlehem all the way to the North fucking Pole. Well, he dragged a snowplow up there or whatever the fuck. Anyway. Nestor's seed is strong and his aim is true. <laughs> so Nestor takes another four years and he journeys back to Olaf, who, mind you, brutally threw him out and said he never wanted to see him again. And some of his friends are there. Olaf is there. Uh, none of the younger donkeys are because they've certainly been dead for, for many, many years at this point. But they call him a hero? Yeah. For some reason? Because they have found uh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, did they get like a postcard or something? Like, yep. How, like yeah, a, how would bir- they have a birth announcement? The birth announcement was delivered by Pony Express, which is oh, definitely shit. faster than yeah, a donkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. What would a gender reveal party look like with Mary and Joseph? Like, what, what, what stupid way would they reveal the, the baby, baby Jesus' gender? They didn't need that. They had fucking angels just traveling the countryside being like, don't be afraid. There's a boy coming. He's going to be in charge. <laughs> and, and lighting fires. Yeah. Yeah. If they crucified upside down, it was a girl. And if it was right side up, it was a boy. Oof. That's right. That's right. I'm not talking about Jesus in particular. No, I know. But, you it's know. sign throughout the land. Do you know what I think was in that Pony Express telegram? It was just a picture of Nestor showing Jesus how to build a table and stools. <laughs> oh, fuck. He is a hero. Wait, this isn't Rankin and Bass's Nestor the Long Year. <laughs> this is a prequel. directed by Mel Gibson. Hmm. This is the first passion. Cut to claymation version of, of weird baby Satan demon. Oof. Oof. <laughs> it looks a lot like the Joseph figure, actually. Yes, yes. 
they're dancing around, they're dancing around at the North Pole, and they're singing the last song here. And I didn't pull the whole song. I pulled a couple of parts that are strange. This is the first one. This is for why Wet Nestor is well known. Now all the world knows Nestor for his laughter and his ears. Nestor does not laugh one time in this 20 minutes. <laughs> you don't see him laugh when Jesus is born. You don't see him laugh when his mother dies. You don't see him laugh with his, <laughs> with his little pals. He never laughs. But the whole world knows Nestor for his laughter. It no, sounds like you're being really critical of Nestor not laughing at his mother's death. Okay. He laughs once. And you already mentioned it. He laughs at the bear. Oh, that's right. A, a world famous story when Nestor laughed at the bear. That one Oh, everybody time. knew that tale. Like right the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> Nestor also murdered that bear and buried him right next to his mom. <laughs> he killed him a bar when he was only three. Here's the next part of the song. And it dawned on me here just how insecure Rankin and Bass must have felt at this point, that they need to keep going back to this old wow. This is this is something. Though Rudolph, I just love you. I know you'd want it said. <laughs> Nestor's ears are lovely as a reindeer's nose is red. What the fuck does Rudolph have to do with anything? <laughs> He's not telling this story to Rudolph. Is this a prequel? Yeah. Framed by a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. We got to get Rudolph. And, the, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and kind of make the next character just like him. Santa Claus is kind of like Santa Claus is coming to town. It's just, oh, man, it's a fucking mess. But that's how. The tale of Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, ends. Jiggity jig, hee-haw, hee-haw. It's Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey. <laughs> do you think Dominic is also a progeny of Nestor? I sure do. Yeah, probably. I think all. I think all the DNA are. moved up to the hills of Italy and then continued north. Okay. <laughs> 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 I might. Uh, boy, would you show this weird disaster to a child? Not on purpose. Okay. It's a nightmare. <laughs> All right. No, and if I saw my child, like, accidentally stumble upon it somehow, I would, like, shut it off, like, automatically. <laughs> be like, no. No, you can't. Because I'm pretty sure it's, like, the ring. Like, we're going to die in a few days for having watched this thing. Yeah, I agree. We we talked last time, Frosty, while it has its oddities, is generally harmless. This feels damaging. For a good bad. comparison, both of you grew up to be what you grew up to, and I grew up to be me. <laughs> I don't even know what you're getting at. I'm very comfortable with everything that I do. I feel no guilt over anything, and I don't feel like I have to sacrifice myself. For the greater good at all, ever. There you go. Yeah. I just, Very every healthy. time I see a streetlight shining down on something, I assume that God is trying to tell me to protect it or lead it or give it something for free. This is always why you're laying down on stray kittens during snowstorms. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's go with one to five uh, dead snow-covered donkeys. <sighs> Shailen? Five. This lived up to oh, every wow. expectation I had, and I'll tell you why. I knew this was a hot, flaming mass of garbage, and I'm delighted Whoa. to share it with the world. Whoa. Five stars. No, we don't do stars. Five dead snow-covered donkeys. Oh, thank you, for God's sake. 
keep to the scale. Dave? They very did. So I was going to give this a zero. Um, <laughs> however, some of my favorite things about doing this podcast is when I watch, when I'm watching one of these weird cartoons, one of the weirder ones, and my wife walks into the room and just goes, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> is this you know just like mouth agape like has no idea or like can't even comprehend it she walked in on the ending and was like what and i have to give it one dead frozen donkey for giving me that moment <laughs> okay i like that yeah something to remember yeah, <laughs> it was unlike the songs it was this this is gonna stick in my craw for a long time mm-hmm. yeah the thing I want to underscore is how completely straight this is played. Yeah. Picture yourself as a young lad or lass in 1977 and you love Santa Claus and you love Christmas. And the idea that this show would come on playing it straight as if this is something that you would believe it throws the whole Christmas ecosystem balance off. (laughs) Like (laughs) that there's this weird fucking mopey donkey that saves Christmas that you've never heard of and that he's somehow connected with Rudolph like that's like a mind fuck and it's certainly not something they anticipated or did on purpose but what I will say is I do appreciate these fucking weird nightmares something that makes you think and I did think a lot about Nestor the Longer Christmas talking I don't know that I advanced I don't know that I'm better for it but I did think about it and for that I have to give it one and a half dead donkeys. Oh, the, God, just a half. The other half decayed half? in the snow. Well, Nestor, Nestor had to eat it because he was starving to death. Um, I think, you ever, you guys ever have like a friend or a family member who like was really relaxed, chill, you know, uh, just easygoing. And then they found, they found Christ. God? And they got <laughs> really fucking weird. Or they found mm-hmm. some sort of like cult religion. And they got very strange and like wide-eyed and all of that. I feel like this is that of the Rankin and Bass specials. Like, okay. hey, you like, you like you like Rudolph? That's fun. That's cool. You like Frosty? Hey, man, I got actually I've I've seen the light and like you got to watch this donkey special. You got to see this donkey show. This is the best donkey show. Okay, and if you like Rudolph, still you're wrong. This is the story because this has Jesus. In it. <laughs> The That's like me, Nestor. except instead of God, it was Pink Floyd. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Divorce <laughs> reason, Pink Floyd. It's like me, but instead of that, it's it's a Call of Duty war zone. <laughs> Actually, you know what I will say? It's like me, except it's Jimmy Buffett. Maybe that's true. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that math sucks? All right. I'm wondering if you two would like to play a game this evening. We're facing down the barrel of Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey, uh-huh. and I'd mm-hmm. like to invite you to a completely objective and easy-to-win competitive round of character, the described noun. I'm going to name a tertiary or worse <laughs> character, tertiary or less, a minor character that no one wants to know anything about, Okay, like the donkey at Jesus' birth. What no, is the name of this game? Tertiary or noun? It's character. <laughs> the adjective noun. Nestor, the long-eared donkey. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. 
It's a mad lip thing. Okay. I I would like to posit that the person who came up with Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey was looking around desperate for a plot and they said, Mm -hmm. oh, I see over there in my my little uh, nativity scene, a donkey. Let's write a whole show about him. Okay. So I'm going to give you a prompt of a character who is not really that important to the plot and you have to... Tell me their entire backstory and why they matter. And then you can... S- from Nestor? No, no. It, they're they're oh, from oh. different... Uh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Christmas-related, Christmas-adjacent films and specials. And you get bonus points if you will sing a verse of Nestor based on your character. <laughs> Sometimes with these games... Like, we talk about what they are, and I just want to lay down and take a nap for a minute. I, I don't... It's not sometimes. This it's all the time. It's all the time. I Okay. <laughs> there's singing, and there's... All right, ready? Right. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a character and where it's from. Right. Yeah. And you're going to make up their their life story. And then I'm going to sing Nestor? If you want bonus points, you can make up a verse about your character to the tune of Nestor. Oh, I don't even remember the Nestor tune. <laughs> I just sang it to you. It's this song that sounds like this. Nestor and being Nestor. loud and gonna go on his way. Here's the Santa's thing: Santa's gonna haunt your ass someday. It's uh, Nestor com- killed the Hitler. <laughs> so we're gonna start off with a, a very beloved character. Okay, John Favreau playing the Doctor in Elf. <laughs> we're gonna make a, a thirty-minute Christmas special about. The doctor from Elf. What okay. is the story? Okay. Are we both going, or is it is it one after? Is Ben go, then I go, then Ben goes? Then. Uh, let's alternate for the sake of not repeating. Okay. Okay. All right, Ben. Tell okay. us about the doctor from Elf. So John Favreau plays Doctor Hug and Kiss. He's a <laughs> he's a internalist, and he's based out of Manhattan, and he's got it all, but he doesn't have love. And he's walking around Manhattan. He had just met the elf man. Mm-hmm. And who does he run into? But a female descendant of Nestor, the longer donkey. <laughs> and his heart throbs. He does the awooga, humana, humana. But he realizes that the world won't accept their love. So he picks up the donkey who's braying and kicking and, and fighting a little bit. He's very strong. And they go to a non-extradition country because he has money. And then he becomes the new Santa Claus in um, Cuba. (laughs) And their children grew up to be Alec Baldwin. I don't know. Oh, no. uh, They're they're half donkey, half man. And it's called the Island of Dr. Favreau. It was the island of man, but now it's uh, now it's changed. <laughs> <laughs> now sing oh, a song about it. Uh, their love was forbidden, destined to stay hidden, but Doctor Hug and Kiss would not be denied. <laughs> <laughs> Two points, Ben. One for a great story, and another for an even better song. <laughs> Oh, and it's snowing because uh, Christmas. Because Christmas. All right, Dave. Yeah. You are going to tell us the story mm-hmm. 
of Kieran Knightley's husband from Love Actually. Oh, <laughs> the poor guy. So, you know, they get married, right? And they're celebrating their, their, they come back from their honeymoon and the doorbell rings and, you know, everybody knows that story. Andrew Lincoln's character is out there with the postcards and everything. What people don't know is he saw his friend out that window, right? And when Kira Knightley comes back and she says it was Carolers, well, that was a test from this guy. And his name is um, Baron Mundo. And, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, he, it was a test. You know, if she was going to tell him the truth, they were going to talk about it. And they were going to have a nice adult conversation and figure out where to go from there. But instead, she lied to him. And so he spent the rest of their probably two, three-year marriage, because it didn't last very long, um, gaslighting her into thinking that she was crazy. And uh, finally, she she went mad, and he divorced her on the count of insanity. And he got all the money and didn't have to pay anything. And uh, it was all because of that weirdo guy uh, with those postcards outside outside his door. Don't fucking lie to Baron Mundo. Merry Christmas. A heartwarming tale. Yeah. Would you Would you like to sing? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mundo saw his wife cuckolding him outside. And then she came inside and, oh boy, did she lie. Mundo, uh, Mundo took a, a chance to gaslight his wife. And then she went to a mental institution and that's where she died. <laughs> All right. I know I'm feeling more in the Christmas spirit. How about you guys? <laughs> Jingle bells. <laughs> All right, Ben. Yeah. You're going to tell us the heartwarming tale mm-hmm. of James the Minor, who's also known as the Lesser and the least important apostle of Jesus. What is the Rankin Bass special about? Okay. <laughs> they call him James the Minor, but his ambitions are anything but. He's a cartoonist. <laughs> and he gets sucked into an animated world. A world of hedonism that Jesus has tried to warn him against. But a female femme fatale tries to drag him into the world of sin and despair. And then Brad Pitt shows up as a cop. (laughs) (laughs) And they have to try to escape this cool world. (laughs) And the story is called, uh, I don't know, getting major about minor. I don't know. Do you want to sing us a verse? Jimmy drew cartoons of fish and ducks, and then he got sucked into the world. The lady wants to fuck, but Brad Pitt <laughs> will haunt him, and Jesus is there too, sitting on his shoulder and telling him to stay good. Oh, Jimmy the Miner, avoid temptation. And avoid all the pleasures of human sensation. (laughs) Jimmy! (laughs) All right, Dave. Are you ready? 
You so. may be lesser, but you're still funnier than comedian Matt Besser. <laughs> Dave, tell us the Rankin Bass special about Tiny Tim's older brother. From a Christmas story. No, oh, not Cratchit a Christmas the, story. Cratchit the Large. Yes. yes. Oh, you mean you mean Spiny Jim? Bob, Bob Jr. <laughs> Robert Cratchit Jr., or as his friends call him, Cratchit the Large. You see, so um, in this uh, this Animagic special, uh, this is a, a you know follows a similar tale to you know Rudolph and Nestor, where there's a, a physical abnormality that's made fun of, and then it comes into comes into play. So Cratchit the Large, known for his giant dong. <laughs> and also being an older brother to, to to Tiny Tim, and just kind of bigger than Tiny Tim, but huge, huge dong. Um, so there's a bunch of prostitutes in in uh, in London around that time, and uh, you know they're they're all dying, they're all getting horribly murdered, and uh, there's a serial killer on the loose, and there's only one person that can stop them, and he just happens to stop Jack the Ripper. On Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. How does he do it? With his massive dong. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. And the song goes goes like this. Now we all know that winter nights, oh, they can be long. But Cratchit the the large um, feared nothing because of his dong. Mm -hmm. He went and stopped the ripper. He... Uh, grabbed him by the throat. He, um, scrout, scrout, <laughs> and then he impaled that killer with his engorged scrout. Okay, yeah. all right, two points, full points for that one. Well done, sir. Fuller than his. Mine are getting dark. Yeah. I don't like. I, I, I think the I think Nestor the long-eared donkey scarred me. Mm-hmm. You want to go one more round? Yeah, hit me. Absolutely. All right. Hit me. This is a holiday-related, Christmas-adjacent. Ben, tell us about the Rankin-Bass special centered around the Easter Bunny's mom. (laughs) Martha Bunny. Did you ever see Space Jam? Martha. Did you ever see Space Jam? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, love love it. We all remember Lola, classic character. This isn't about her. (laughs) (laughs) This is about her ancestor. Hmm. Um, uh, Martha Bunny. <laughs> yes, yeah, Stay was correct. It's in fact Martha Bunny, and she was an upscale bunny, married to a philanthropist. Uh-huh. They had a son. <laughs> she was killed. Oh God! Mm-hmm. He would go on uh, to become the night, and by the night mm-hmm. I mean the day. And to find the killer, he needs. To manufacture cheap chocolate and hop around, leaving little footprints everywhere. Perhaps he wears a vest with a little watch and chain, as if he were a combination of who he actually is and the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> so anyway, the Easter Bunny's mom, uh, she's she's dead for most of the story. Okay. But she comes back, and she's like, get revenge, Easter Bunny. Martha. And is there a song about her or about the, the story? Yeah. Can I hear it? <laughs> yeah, Ben. Come on. Yeah, okay. Sure. That old tune. 
Well, you might have known a bunny that's named Martha. And she was born after the time of Siddhartha. (laughs) Gunned down by a hunter named Elmer Fudd. Uh, Thud, dud, crud. She died before the young Easter bunny knew how to pull pud. (laughs) Martha, Martha, you died not in vain. Everybody gets those fucking peeps, then their stomachs are in pain. Well, that's oh, Martha. Oh, Still going. <laughs> that Easter Bunny named Bruce Wayne. I <laughs> know uh, it's a uh, uh, Bunny Wayne. It's Bruce Ho- Hoppy Wayne. Uh-huh. Bruce I don't know. Hoppy Wayne. A Christmas special about the Easter Bunny's mom. Mm-hmm. I, like I said that. Christmas adjacent. Yeah, adjacent. All right, Dave. Oh, boy. I want to hear the Rankin-Bass plot about Chucky Finster's dad. (laughs) What? Chaz? That's the one. Chaz, yeah, it's Chaz. A lot of people think that Chad's just, uh, you know, uh, just a, a forever single guy, perpetually single, can't get the ladies, but that's wrong. Chaz is actually quite the Lothario. <laughs> um, so Chaz, um, in this in this Christmas special, he's got a lot of a lot of, lot of fingers and a lot of pies, so to speak. And um, he has to he's looking for love, but he misplants his calendar, and he ends up having several dates on the same day, which happens to be Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Who goes on a date on Christmas Eve? I don't know. That's that's Chaz's magic. That's how good he is with the ladies. He calls it Chazjik. Yeah. He's Jewish, so he has the day off. <laughs> right. Now, all he dates is, is Jewish women, too. So it's it's a clear it's a clear date on the calendar. But it's still a Christmas special, so it has to take place on Christmas Eve. Um. So he he goes through. You know, the the, the, the it's it's sitcom antics, right? He goes through and he. You know, he brings one lady to the aquarium, but then right next door, there's the restaurant. And right next door to that, there's the there's the park where he takes a stroll with the lady. And, and right next to that is is uh, uh, another place that people go on dates. A movie theater. A movie theater. Um, and it's got like a Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> kind of thing um, where he's running around. And at one point, he has lipstick. And they're We're like, drive-by fruiting. Are you wearing lipstick, Chaz? And he's like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the the waitress over there, and they're like, "You're on a date with me," and he's like, "Oh, sorry, I apologize for that." Um, and then they're like, "Where's Chucky?" And he's like, "Who?" And they're like, "Your son you talked about?" He's like, "Oh, I forget. He's, I think he's over the pickles house." I forget. And then he drives home, <laughs> and it's snowing. You know, it's Christmas Eve, right? It's snowing, and uh, he sees a a mound of snow outside. And again, he's a, he's an eligible bachelor. Chucky's mom is, has been dead, and he looks under the snow and. Who's there? It's, it's Chucky's mother, and she's frozen to death, but she kept Chucky alive <laughs> this whole time. Did she reanimate? Yeah, and like... Yeah, he was running around on her, Ben. This is how she died. Mm, yeah, run, real up, run around, too. He, he ends up getting um, he going out with the lady that he went to the movies with, and they saw the re-release of The Return of the Jedi, and uh, he liked it a lot, but he didn't like the um, the CGI editions. And the song goes like this. Chaz was always slaying, and I'm not talking about Santa's sleigh. Um, 
He's really good with the ladies. With all four of them he laid. <laughs> <laughs> he calls his chism chasm. And that's about as far as I can go. Okay. And that's the Christmas special of Chaz Finster. (laughs) I I find the term lie with me, like laying with women to be really weird. But maybe it's because the first time I heard with it was in that movie The Piano. Where Harvey Keitel (laughs) tells Holly Hunter, Lie with me. (laughs) It's like he's naked and like her ass is all fleshy and I don't know. And a weird connotation. It feels biblical to me. I think it is. It is. Like man lay with donkey. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you you get a point and a half instead of two full points on that because (gasps) Chaz Finster ends up marrying that other lady. Yeah, but that's later. He settles down. Mm. After he sowed his wild oats. You think that's what it is? All right, fine. Full points for Dave. Yes, Chasm. This is the lightning round. The two of you (laughs) speak every other sentence and this is the finale. Tell what? me. Uh, we speak every other sentence. Yeah, feed off each other. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, like the carrion animals fed off of Nestor's mother. Correct. <laughs> Tell me the Rankin and Bass plot line for the pizza delivery boy from Home Alone. Do you want to go first, Ben? I do. Yeah. For this pizza delivery boy, delivering pizzas is just a means to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because he's got, uh, he's got bigger plans than just delivering pizzas. He's got plans to run and operate his own franchise of pizza places. Yes. And the way he's going to do that is by stealing the Mona Lisa. (laughs) But first he needs some help, which is why he goes to the North Pole. (laughs) Where he meets Kevin McAllister for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kevin is riding on the back of a red-nosed reindeer. And he's, he's um, holding a pickaxe from uh, his friend Yukon Cornelius. As an offering, the pizza delivery boy brings his girlfriend. And Kevin goes, pizza delivery boy, your girlfriend, woof. And then he kills her with Yukon Cornelius' pickaxe <laughs> and feasts on her blood. The blood spills on the North Pole ice. And from there, the, the ice cracks mm-hmm. and opens. And there's this wide chasm, not to be confused with chasm. It opens up and emerging from it. Christmas snow. Oh, is is the Mona Lisa. But first he has to traverse the blood, uh, like that scene in Mission Impossible with the lasers. <laughs> yeah, it's all, all right. like, it's all like suspended in midair because it's the North Pole and the gravitational pull is different up there. And then he gets the pizza and he looks at Kevin and he winks and he says, thanks for the tip, you filthy animal. And what does the song sound like? Oh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off, man. Okay. <laughs> it started with a pizza. <laughs> and ended with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Song over. <laughs> he, he spilled the blood of his girlfriend. <laughs> and celebrated with Tang. That was uh, <laughs> during the credits. 
<laughs> oh, pizza boy, oh, pizza boy, deliver on your promise. Because uh, you've got aspirations just like all of us. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well... Thank you. For pizza this. boy, oh pizza boy, the only cheese is on your pie. And we know you're no thief. You're just a wonderful guy. I'd watch any of these pizza movies. boy. I'd watch them all. Yeah. So awesome. eight points for both of you. Put down that pizza stick. Everybody Pick up wins. That peppermint guacamole. <laughs> oh. No, that's not a thing. Christmas days. Uh, Put down your easy salami. Thank you for no. playing this very Gonna festive game. The Christmas Man. <laughs> of, tell me the title one more time. Character, adjective, noun. <laughs> Did that title Character, change? Character, the adjective, noun. It's called R- Rankin and File. <laughs> it's called Rankin that Bass. It's called Rankin and Sass. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Stinking and ass. Juvenile. Juvenile. Come on. Sorry. On to the mailbag. It's late. Hi, Santa's Little Helpers. Christmas is loaded with traditions. I got to know, what are some of your favorite Yuletide traditions you and your families take part in? If you could establish a new holiday tradition in your family, what would it be? From Chris Dingle. Now, there's two questions in there. That's a little cheat, but that's okay, because Shailen's not going to answer either of them. <laughs> that's not even true. My I... favorite Christmas is red. My favorite Christmas tradition actually occurs on Easter. <laughs> there was a cat I saw once, and it looked like Santa Claus. So one of my absolute favorite Christmas traditions is when we leave uh, any large family gathering. And Ben and I spend the car ride home comparing notes, trying to figure out what the fuck we just experienced. <laughs> and like, it's not limited to Christmas. Sometimes it happens out of season, but like the holiday gatherings are particularly exciting because it's when you find out that like, oh, your weird uncle divorced his wife and got remarried without telling anyone. And your cousin who used to be kind of chill turned into a supremacist and whatever. Like, it's always fun to learn those facts because you don't see these people very often, but you're related to them for some reason. And uh, I just really enjoy dissecting on the way home. Like, okay, so who was that person? And how are you related? And what's their name? And why was everyone shunning them again? I like that game. It's a bring you together moment. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's a bonding thing. Every couple should have that. Agreed. And what's one you would want to add? What's a new one? I need to think about that. You guys can answer a question or two. Well, answer part A, and okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. For me, we and this 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 includes you guys. We we have a Friendsmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've been having it for how long? We've been doing Friendsmas. Ooh, long ass time. Twenty years. No, maybe maybe half a century. (laughs) More than half a century. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's fair. Whatever seventy-five years is, three quarters of a century. That is my favorite holiday because, uh, or holiday tradition, I should say, because we can drive home, my my wife and I, we can drive home and we don't have to have that conversation you were just talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a no strings attached 
Chris holiday party, Christmas party, whatever, um, where we uh, drink a lot and we play lots of fun games and no one's yelling at each other. No one is, well, I mean, like we are, but it's jovial. Um, and, <laughs> I was going to say, speak for yourself. You know, and, um, and Shailen sometimes blacks out because she's so drunk and it's very funny. Yeah, it's just a, it's a really, it's a really good time. And I, I, I always enjoy it. I know that uh, people that come to Friendsmas are listening to this, this episode. And I uh, just want to say thanks. Thanks for making those Friendsmas memories. The, the fuck? <laughs> The one I would want to do, I, I, Ben, you'll you'll have to you'll have to come back to me on that one. So you, you go ahead. I don't think least favorite was even part of the question. It was. No, That's no. a part three. That's a part C part to the three. question. <laughs> now for me, love those movies. Love love that jingle all the way. Mm. Love uh, love hanging out. One thing that we had done in recent years, uh, COVID has robbed us of it. Is uh, we would go and get barbecue around the holidays, where. You just eat a lot of barbecue. It's usually Christmas, like you're eating like cookies and shit, and fuck that. I want hard booze cocktails and ribs. And I'm gonna Christmas brisket. I'm gonna get a new pellet grill, and we're recreated at home because leaving the house is for suckers. My other favorite holiday tradition is, of course, oh god, I can't get enough work Christmas parties. Ugh. Ooh, I love them. <laughs> love going to mine. Love going to Shailen's. Ooh, it's a great experience all the time. Makes me feel alive. Listeners, the first time that Ben attended a holiday party at my current employer, I got food poisoning and threw up four or five times before we even left the building. And we had to go home before the after party with the cool people. Yeah, the after party. It was party. terrible. The first time... That I had a work Christmas party at like a real adult job. I didn't work in Boston, but the party was in Boston at like a pool hall. And I took the commuter rail in and I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. And then I got outside the pool hall and just turned around and went home. (laughs) (laughs) No thanks. (laughs) Not interested. My first work holiday party was a, um, uh, they had like a casino night theme, Um, but it was in the (laughs) middle of the day. Hmm. Yeah, it was actually, it was fun until like, I'm not very good at card games or like any other casino kind of games. So it was fun up until uh, like the guy, the blackjack dealer was like sort of yelling at me for not knowing how to play blackjack. And I was like, this isn't a real casino. Like, just tell me how to play. I don't, I know how to play, but he was like telling me like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I was like, okay, fuck you, buddy. Merry Christmas. But I did win a Tom Brady nutcracker. Hell yeah. That was awesome. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So a Christmas or holiday tradition I would like to start. Sure. I would really enjoy if someone who lives near us but is not our household would host a party with a crap ton of booze where I could go and hang out. I was promised when I moved into our new neighborhood that there was like a ladies holiday Christmas cookie swap which was actually code for here's a bunch of wine and we can all walk home. But because of COVID, that has not happened. Mm. And the person who used to host it has moved out of the neighborhood. And I'm really holding out hope that someone else in the neighborhood is going to start that tradition back up again because it sounds fucking great. Uh, But I don't want to host it. Yeah, Define great. Getting wasted with some people that I like and then walking home. Sorry, I'm not good enough. (laughs) If I just get wasted here, you just call me a drunk. (laughs) 
Do I, what Which is valid. Hell? I'm what kidding. He doesn't really do that. What? <laughs> kind of an awful picture to it's, you portray. It's not a holiday tradition if I'm just drinking at home. It's different. Yeah. It's that could awesome just be life. Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fucking That's great. Saturday, Ben. What <laughs> <laughs> a festive holiday version. Hmm. You know what I would like to institute? What's that? You get folks together in a Friendsmas theme. And you get a viewing party together for the best Christmas movie, Santa Claus the movie. And while you're doing David that, Hiddleston, I will go drink with the neighbors. Dudley Moore, this is my bit. John Lithgow, story of Santa, story of how he came to be, story of the Vindicump. It's got Burgess Meredith, for Christ's sake. God, it's an awful It's movie. a holiday classic. They <laughs> so had a happy bad. meal on it. You get people together. There you can have your little cookie party, okay? Your little cookie party while we, we watch the movie. No, can you um like is this a mystery science theater like people can talk over the movie or no he you, gets super offended like, does everybody have to be like shut up like <laughs> well I mean you can murmur in awe or maybe <laughs> oh, that's a good idea wow I didn't think of I didn't think of that from a Christmas movie he no scolded me and I had to leave the theater because you wouldn't the watch it because it was terrible. It's really hard to watch. It's it's a tough watch for the eyes. But you like Love Actually. Come on. Yeah, because it's a funny movie. Yeah, <laughs> and at least you can make out what's happening on the screen. There is so much fascinating what you on the lens of the Santa Claus movie <laughs> it's camera. true. I don't think that's true. It's a colorful film. Dudley <laughs> yeah, Moore over, colorful. He overreaches like his bounds. by Christmas lights. That's how he, bad it is. They make puce pops. They're going to ex- explode Super in the car. Super yeah, yeah, Santa Claus does tricks with his reindeer, and the reindeer are delightfully animated. They look better than any fucking dumb nester. It's objectively bad. It's a good movie. They have they're with kids like Joe. My name's Joe. Oh god, it's, and it's they're so good bad. actors. <laughs> I hate and, it so and much. And Santa makes a little sculpture of Dudley Moore, and then Dudley Moore's like, oh. Oh, he does love May. We have to save Santa. Uh, spoiler: that Santa needs saving. And then John Lithgow flies to the moon. What else can you ask for? To never have to watch it again. That's what I would ask mm. for. Not happening. Dave, what's a holiday tradition you'd like to start? So, and I, uh, you can't use the same one. I got nothing. Uh, so I was, you know, maybe it's something where like, it's something simple, like where me and the family don't have to get out of, you know, immediately get dressed and get out of the house on Christmas morning. And and drive all over New England like it's it's um, but <laughs> I've gotten used to that and you know eventually when we get to our destination I I, I enjoy it I enjoy the day or the night that was originally going to be it but I ended up you know I ended up like liking that uh, usually but I think for me this requires some backstory so about seven years ago you guys were involved we wrote um, a friend of ours uh, and a co-host Kendall. Uh, he and I wrote a script called Zima Force, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, a spoof and a loving homage to action movies of the 80s and 90s. And for my birthday, we did a table reading, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was in, a in wonderful six-hour affair. In, in, in my opinion. We all had <laughs> – we gave you roles, and you guys acted them out, and it was delightful. It was one of my best birthdays, and so thank you for that. I think 80% of the room had a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the 20% was my wife. Fuck them. Yeah, but I think every year I would write a Zima Force holiday special. It wouldn't be as long, so it would be maybe 20 pages instead of 200. <laughs> and 
family or friends, we would sit around, I would assign roles, and we would do a table reading of the Zima Force holiday special, probably mm. produced by Rankin and Bass. Mm. <laughs> Why would the production company come into play for the table reading? Not important. I'm just curious. It's, uh, it's got to uh, thematically align with our episode. Okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> maximize that SEO, et cetera. Exactly. Et cetera. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why tonight we're talking about the new Matrix movie. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Neo. Uh, he did it. Listeners, we want to hear from you. What are your holiday traditions? Hashtag living it up when you're going down. <laughs> yeah, all right. Loving a super duper looper. That's right. That movie viewing is going to happen. But that wraps the month of December. It's a have yourself a Rankin Christmas is the, the name of this month. I've decided <laughs> on December 15th. The public will know when this posts on December 28th. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. A Rankin little Christmas. God. Such Let your heart wasted opportunities. Be Any last holiday thoughts before we take it home? I hope everyone's 2022 is at least as good as 2021 mm-hmm. because this year has had its ups and downs. Something, something. Go get vaccinated. How uh, profound. Uh, un- unprecedented times. Now more than ever. <laughs> Buy McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, AT&T is here for you. I just want to wish everybody good luck with the Mariah Carey McDonald's promotion. Hope you get some good merch out of it. I know I'll be trying to. But well wishes to you and yours from all of us here on the show. And you can wish us well by following us. Oh boy. Oh man, when you when you don't en- when you don't enter into the the bit the same way, by following us on Twitter and Instagram. All of those social platforms, including Christmas Tinder, Stinder, mm-hmm. light your fuse this holiday on Tinder. Find your Chris Kringle. That's right. Ugh. Or your Christina Kringle, whatever. Yeah. For, for Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another holiday edition of the show. And to take us out of here. Yeah. How are we, how we doing this? Oh, boy, that's a really great question that I'm, ho, ho, I'm, ho. I'm working my way through it. Yeah. You know, I'll say there's a hot new documentary on Disney Plus about the Beatles' last album. It's called Get Back. It's it's a great, it's a tight eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> about the, it took us two and a half weeks About to the Beatles it. falling apart. But, you it's know, the Lord of the Rings of, the, of documentaries. Chalen has gained the new appreciation for one John Lennon, and I think that she doesn't want to sing the War is Over song, and I think that's wrong, but what about a verse or two of Wonderful Christmas Time sung about Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey in the voice of John Lennon? I don't know that I can do it in the voice of John Lennon. Of course you can. Because I'm a that's girl. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear you do it. <laughs> do I get musical accompaniment, or do I have to acapella this shit? Oh, do, do you need musical accompaniment? I would prefer oh, it. Right, we'll vamp for a minute. I'll cut all this dead air out. I'll, I'll do it. And and folks, you can sing along at home to Shailen's lyrics. 
His ears are long. We're here tonight. And it's a song. John Lennon. Simply having <laughs> wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> I'm so high and I really like my drugs. Party's on. The donkey's here. The tonely comes this time of year. Simply Donkey, a wonderful nester donkey. <laughs> he is mom's dead now. She's rotting under the snow. There we go. 